Good evening. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. I hope everyone's having a good week. I know we have a lot of stuff to cover today, um, but definitely going to be kicking off with my picks right away because there's some stuff I do want to talk about. Uh, definitely, it's been an exciting week for, well, not so much an exciting week for baseball. Uh, today was Championship Saturday with uh, NCAA football, so we'll be discussing that as well as talking about Tiger Woods, golf, and the MLB lockup. So definitely lots to cover today on the podcast. Won't be really focusing on much other areas of, uh, you know, catching up with golf, soccer. Definitely going to be focusing on this stuff just because of the impacts that it has. And, you know, lockouts are not really the best um, when it comes to sports. It does affect it. The benefit is of this one is that the lockout has just started. We're in the off season, so the lockout hasn't affected any games. Is there a risk of MLB uh, losing games? There is that possibility, but I'll discuss that when I come to that segment. Uh, So what I'll get off right away is the picks uh, for tomorrow. Uh, Last week went 0-5. I did another second week of going with point spread. Uh, Went 0-5. Did not do very well, and I'm not even going to discuss the games because it's, well, a very late Saturday night, and... You know, it's it's 0-5, did not do very well in that point spread. Um, a lot of teams that I thought would, you know, cover uh, did not. Instead, they got blown out. Um, so this week's picks, going with the Colts versus the Texans. I'm going with the Cardinals over the Bears, Buccaneers over the Falcons, Ravens over the Steelers, and I'm going with Vikings over the Lions. I do realize as I was speaking that, I was already making my picks. So again, those games are Colts versus Texans, Cardinals versus Bears, Bucks versus Falcons, Ravens versus Steelers, Vikings versus Lions. So I'm going with Colts, Cardinals, Buccaneers, Ravens, and Vikings. Uh, for that, hopefully 5-0, and sitting at an even 530-30, which is not really good. Uh, definitely dismal in a way. Uh, hopefully I can rebound with that. Um, I could talk about last week's game. I can talk about my Indianapolis Colts, but I'll probably move away from that as, you know, things have uh, changed. It's, we, I've moved on from it. My week of frustration on how that season's going with my Indianapolis Colts, but, you know, it, it happens. It's the way things are. You know what? You can't win every game, but you'd like to have some games back, and that's one of the games, as a Colts fan, I would like to have back. Um, so, you know, hopefully these picks I can rebound with. Um, let's see how everything goes um, this week. Uh Again, the Colts are definitely fighting for that playoff spot. It's getting closer and closer to a battle um, with this, and we'll see how everything uh, goes going forward with this. So I'm just checking. I'm just pulling up uh, the college football because today was um, championship Saturday. We had lots of games going on, a lot of implications. and, you know, it, it's always interesting when we come down to it because 
we, we wanted to see who's making it. You have the Final Four. Uh, you had Georgia 1, Michigan 2, you had Alabama 3, and then Cincinnati 4 going into this weekend. And a lot of question marks were going to be happening, like with the matchups that we had. Uh, we had Baylor and Oklahoma State facing off in theirs uh, in the Big 12. Um, you had Michigan versus Iowa in the Big 10. Um, Georgia versus Alabama in the SEC. Uh, we had Cincinnati, Houston going with the AAC. And then we had the ACC going on as well. I think I just got those two conferences mixed up. Um, but again, it was Championship Sunday. Yesterday we kicked it off. Uh, we had uh, Oregon play Utah, and Utah just blew away Oregon, just 38-10, to 10, uh, just dominating with that. Utah wins its uh, first Pac-12 championship. Um, one game that's going on for the Pac-12 as of we speak, I'm just checking it, uh, USC is playing their final game. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, right now they're down 17-7. to 7. It has been a big, um, you know, difficult game to watch this season. Um, positive side is, um, you know, USC has a new coach, which is great. Because, um, you know what, things had to change uh, with this. It's definitely going to be exciting to have the new coach, which is great. Um, because, you know what, it's, it's tough. It, it really, really is tough um, for that because, you know what, it's it's just, it's hard. Because, you know what, when we're looking at uh, Lincoln Riley and his success with Oklahoma, I was, um, I was impressed what he's done, what he was able to do, especially when you look at the quarterbacks that he had. Uh, you have Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, as well as Kyler Murray, three um, great quarterbacks. Both of them went in the first two rounds. One of them, actually both of them uh, being uh, number one picks. But, you know, it's it's definitely interesting to see how this has all played out. Um, so happy with that. But now going back to uh, championships, the games that did matter, um, when you're looking at it here, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, sorry, because Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma last week in the upset. Uh, Oklahoma State had to win today to give themselves a chance. Um, but number nine, Baylor winning 21-16. to uh, So that took them out of the playoffs. Baylor's going to definitely move up, which is good. Uh, they'll definitely get a better bowl position. Uh, then we go over to the other championships. Um, Big Ten today. Michigan, who I doubted last week against Ohio State, which had a remarkable game and just a dominating game, controlling it on the ground, shutting down that powerful offense of Ohio State, which was a tough challenge. But the running game of Michigan um, just developed. And, you know, you kept that tough offense of Ohio State off the field. And you know what? You control the game and good for Michigan to get there. That bumped them up to number two in the country. And then when we look at uh, what's going on um, in the SEC championship, you have Georgia versus Alabama. And a lot of people are wondering, will Alabama prevail? 
is this going to be, you know, a one-sided affair, affair where it's just all Alabama, refs, everything included. Alabama just dominated. Like, Bryce Young has been playing lights out this season, and he was unstoppable today. Just remarkable. I'm just going to be pulling up his stats. 421 yards, three TDs, no picks, um, one rushing tar- one rushing yard, oh, sorry, one rushing TD with 40 yards uh, on the ground to go with that. It's just a great game, and, you know, the weapons that he has is remarkable. Williams is playing well. Uh, Michi, who you do remember from last year, as well as Bolden, uh, uh, Billingsley as well, um, all guys that were in that offense, not so much Williams, but uh, Michi, Bolden, and Billingsley last year when Mac Jones was the quarterback of Alabama. You saw those guys contributing as well, but here we are again. They're doing the exact same thing. So, uh, Alabama, again, producing wide receivers left, right, and center that are contributing and making big impacts in the game. Um, but Alabama just, again, one-sided affair and just took it to Georgia and all aspects of the game offense and defense. So that's an impact. And then you had Cincinnati um, controlling the game, dominating Houston today, um, which is, you know, good as well. So right now it looks like we have our final four. Now the big question is, Tomorrow, what are the rankings going to be? That's what we have to look at here. What are the rankings going to be for the playoffs? If I were to determine the rankings, um, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. Um, I, I'm going with Bama is going up to number one. It, it, it has to be that. No offense to Michigan. You didn't beat number 15. Or sorry, you, you did beat um Top 15 school, yes, in Iowa, but Alabama took down the number one team in the country and took away their undefeated season, um, which is great. Uh, so Bama is going to be one right now. We're going to see uh, Michigan go number two, and then what's going to be happening next is we are going to be seeing uh, Georgia go drop down to number three, which... In all fairness, I don't think that's right. Um, but we're definitely going to be seeing Georgia keep at number three, and then you're going to have Cincinnati at number four when we're looking at it here, when we're looking at the selections on how everything is playing out. Because, you know, it, Cincinnati is undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the top four for the playoffs, and you're going to be facing the number one team, Bama, uh, for the semifinals. And then you have Georgia versus Michigan, which is going to be a good game. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions yet because right now I need to wait for the finals. Right now I can say um, one is going to be Bama and it looks like since he's going to be number four. Um, do I think that's right since he's number four? Probably. But Georgia's definitely not going to be um, number four if you really look at it. So I think that's why my list is there. Like, do you really want a repeat of the SEC championship going in the semifinals. It could be. Um, you never know. A Cinderella story, or not, well, sorry, not a Cinderella story, but an upset is designed for that to happen. It, it can. It, it could be that way where Georgia comes in number four, and then they go ahead and upset. Uh, and then you have Michigan versus Cincinnati, where, you know, if you look at it, Cincinnati would be the underdog, just because when you saw how they played this season, some of the teams that they face against, because not really facing, you know, uh, 
really ranked many ranked teams in their division. Uh, they beat number six. They did beat Houston uh, with that. Um, and then you have Michigan, who has beaten some of the best teams in the country um, as well. So you're playing a very tough defense. You're playing a very run-heavy offense. So you're going to wonder how they're going to be able to, you know, control that. So, again, I don't want to make predictions until the rankings for the college playoffs have been set. That's basically it. But if, again, if I were making it, it's going... Uh, Bama 1, Michigan 2. Uh, we're going Georgia 3 and Cincinnati 4. It's how it's looking. And if I were, like, again, the, the, the committee is going to be deciding, do we really want another SEC championship uh, happening in the semifinals when you have a number one or the number one and the number three team. Now, you're going to push that into the finals because you know what? It'll be exciting to see Georgia versus Alabama. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I don't think it's going to be that. Um, you know, again, I have to wait to see what the finals are, but I think that's my final four ranking with those. So it will be exciting to see. Um, the national ch championship is not until January. That's being hosted at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, where the Big Ten Championship was just played today. So uh, definitely is going to be a fun spot to be if you live in the Indianapolis area. So that is going to be exciting uh, to watch as well. And you know what? Lots of things can happen with that as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's college football playoffs. Championship Saturday is a great, great day just because, you know, what? You're, you're winding down. And then as well, over the next week or so, bowl selections will be announced. Uh, who's playing where? I can definitely say I don't think I'll see USC in a bowl game. If they are in one, that is a miracle. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how things go with that team. But it's going to be tough uh, trying to get into bowl contention uh, for the Trojans. Um, but again, uh, top four, uh, Bama, Michigan, Georgia, and then Cincinnati at number four. Where... I think Cincinnati should get recognition for their undefeated record, but I think with the way their college schedule was, the fact that they do deserve a berth in the playoffs is definitely deserving uh, for what they have done. So she being the only undefeated team in the top ten as of uh, as of now, as of today, because Georgia was the last one uh, falling to Bama. So. As much as I talked about Lincoln Riley, uh, college Saturday championships, or sorry, let me reverse that Saturday, or sorry, championship Saturday. Um, Tiger Woods had his debut, and I know uh, past episodes this week, or sorry, over the last week where I discussed, you know, the growth and returning of Tiger Woods and seeing him hit golf balls and everything, and him returning to the tour. And listening to it, he was at his uh, tournament that he hosts, uh, Hero, which is going on as we speak. Um, final round is going this weekend. Our final round is going tomorrow. I will be posting up uh, leaderboard uh, for that. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's his tournament, right? The Hero World Challenge, which is going on as of right now. And I... Um, 
which is great. So going back to it, he was uh, speaking with David Faraday uh, and others uh, with the broadcast. And you know what? Uh, they definitely discussed what's the opportunity of him returning. And, you know, he, he definitely, he definitely, you know, answered it with the correct answer. He does not know when he's going to be returning because we saw him out on the driving range. We saw him hitting balls and you see him moving around and walking. Um, and there's talks that he's going to be playing in the PNC Challenge, which is happening in about two to three weeks. And that is not really a traditional style tournament. It's a, you know, you're playing with a family member, so he'll be playing with his son Charlie. And we also ha saw how Charlie played last year, and the two of them played together, which was just remarkable. So now we're in a spot where he's playing in that, and it's not really a PGA event. It is, but it, um, it's got more meaning towards what's happening between him and his son than it does to the actual event. So basically... He, he's at a point where he is on his way to return. The question is of when and where he's at right now. And, you know, he's hitting the ball. He's, you know, he can hit every club in his bag. But right now he's just playing the, the style of golf that he literally referred to as. He can basically just play his, like, just a regular game of golf. Just like you do, you do with your friends and whatever. You know, you hit a ball out of bounds. You just drop another one and do that simple style of golf. Um, for him to return to PGA Tour level to get to where he has been and where those athletes are, he is nowhere near that. So as much as we want to see him return right away in the world of golf, wants to see him return, it's going to be a while before he's actually ready to be back. Like, when you look at him and everything, you admitted it. He's like, yep, I can, I can hit the ball. Um, <laughs> I'm not at that. And he quoted, I'm not at that stage where I can hear the ball land. That's that's where you're measuring the distance, and any guy who golfs knows what that sounds means. You basically just see the ball drop four or five yards in front of you. Um, but he's like he's able to drive it. Is he able to drive like they do on the tour? He's not there yet. He's got to understand what happened to his leg. And you know what? Here we are reconstructing it, trying to build up his body to fight it. Or sorry, I shouldn't say fight it, to strengthen it, to get it back to regular form. Um, because when you're doing that full swing, you're doing a transfer of power. And the leg that went to it, it's his back leg when you look at the swing. So when you're looking at that power, the transitioning through, you're, you're basically trying to tell your leg again what the proper movement should be, uh, the proper push, you know, the, the swing, like everything is affecting it. So you're looking at a Tiger Woods who's basically trying to teach one part of his body how to get back into rhythm. Now, muscle memory is always there, um, and he, he's so experienced that he can get himself back, but the question is tour ready. And listen, it's not the same tour that he was on when he dominated. You know, we would like to see him return to the 2019 Tiger, winning a major. We would all dream of that. You know, we all hope that could happen. Um, but I don't think that will happen. I would love for him to win a major, at least break the all-time uh, tour wins record, which would just be remarkable. Um, but to see him return to it, it, it may be six months. It might be a year before we see him actually on tour, like mentally and ready to go. That's where it, that's where the struggle is going to be. Um, could it be the Masters? 
he could be aiming for that. Um, it's only December. We're the 4th of December at the moment. So right now we're we're in no man's land of what's going to happen. That That's basically it. We're in no man's land right now with him. So we'll, you have to see how he is after PNC, um, how he is walking. Because again, he's, he's taking a cart with him. Um, he's not walking, so, like, he has to get himself in that type of shape. He looks good, he looks, like, fit, but he's not golf shape, and I know a lot of people are like, well, what does golf shape mean? When we talk Tiger Woods golf shape, it's basically getting himself prepared like a pro athlete does for basketball season, hockey, and uh, football season, like, getting that type of shape, because, again, you know, Tiger wrote the book on how to get themselves physically shaped and more powerful in the game of golf. It's not like early 90s, actually old school golf, when you're looking at the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, the, the physique and the power and everything of golfers have changed over that time frame since Tiger's entered uh, the world of golf. But here we are, um, right now it's just a matter of waiting and seeing how everything turns out for a Tiger. Um, just seeing him the way he is, is great for the game of golf, seeing him in the right mindset, but right now... It might be minimum seven, eight months before we see him in a tournament. And if we're going to see him return in a tournament, um, it's going to be the Masters. Do we see him in the Masters this April? From what I read, from from what I saw in the interview, I don't think so. I, I really, I really don't. Um, because, again, he has to be in a certain spot where, you know, he's not going to be at the Tiger level, but he's got to be at that level where he can still compete and be in there for four rounds, because that's, that's the thing, right? Um, he has to be able to survive and put himself through that body and mindset for a four-round tournament, for a four-round major. Is he going to be returning to a regular style schedule for the tour? No, he's going to be at, you know, pick-and-choose type, like a part-time on tour, where he just, you know, shows up for certain events, and... If we see him play, it's going to be the four majors. You can count those four in, um, as well as probably, you know, you have the Arnold Palmer, you have Bay Hill, uh, you, you have the players. Uh, you have to see where he's going to be. Um, it would be great to see him play in the Canadian Open one last time. Uh, that would just be remarkable for any of us to watch. Um, but it, it's going to be tough. It, it really is. Um, but again, for the game of golf, it's great to have Tiger Woods back. Um, just seeing him move around and, you know, the hope and, you know, how it inspires all golfers that you see out on the course. But we'll see how everything turns out. It's He's at the point where he has to, again, and I talked about it, he, he is experienced enough where he has the memory of what to do. It is just making sure that injury that part of the body is rebuilt and ready to go because now he's at the age where his mind knows he can compete but the fact is can his body go with the mind as well and how far can it take it which is you know it, it sucks um but you know he it is what it is for what has happened to him in the last year um we uh he definitely stated uh if he does go on the the tour championship or sorry the champions tour um, he definitely, Larry said, he's like, he's four away, four years away from taking a cart. 
That's basically what it is. He's four years away from using a cart while on tour for events. So it's tough to hear, um, but we'll see. But it's good to see Tiger moving back. And to just discuss his current tournament, I was talking about the, the Hero World Challenge. Uh, Morikawa is in first with 18-under. He had a big third round at 8-under. Kepka, uh, Burns, uh, Berger. Uh, Kepka's at 13-under. Burns, Berger, Finau, Reed, uh, Hovland, Scheffler. Or sorry, no Scheffler. Uh, Hovland all at 12-under. Scheffler at 11-under. DeChambeau at uh, 10-under. And you have Hatton uh, minus 9. And that rounds out your top 10. So definitely a exciting round. Colin Morikawa, though, is definitely going to be exciting to watch this year. He's had a remarkable calendar year. And that's how I would say it. A calendar year for what he has done. And, and I'm excited about that. The calendar year that he had, winning the two majors, you know, just having a dominating performance, just remarkable for what he has done. So it's it's definitely great to see um, what Morikawa did this season and what he has the potential of doing this season coming up. Because you know what? A lot of things could happen at any time. Um, but I think he is just going to be playing some remarkable uh, golf uh, this past year. So I'm just taking a look here. Uh, I'm just taking a look at the last year's FedEx standings as well because it is going to be the race of the FedEx Cup. I'm uh, just checking out uh, Patrick Cantley, who won it last year. Um, but maybe that's the goal for Morikawa, FedEx Cup. He has had a great year with what he has done with that uh, domination of just winning majors because again like he won two majors within a year and you know what he did it in an altered season with uh, COVID uh, affecting that as well so it's just great to see it is and it really is great to see especially with Colin Morikawa and everything and how well he's been playing so um, definitely going to be an interesting season and I do have a golf fantasy draft coming up in about two weeks, two, yeah, two weeks, I will discuss that as well on who I'm liking to pick. It also depends on where I'm picking as well. So definitely going to be interesting to see. So we'll definitely discuss that when it gets closer and closer and who I'm liking, where to pick uh, for that uh, day. So um, I did talk about some other things happening during the week. Um, to talk about, you know, Rankin Riley, Championship Saturday, which happened today. Also, MLB went on strike. Uh, not only that, we had some contracts being sold, or not contracts, players signing some big contracts uh, this week when it came to um, signings before the, before the strike even kicked in. Because it's, you know, it's unique in what's going to be happening uh, this year. So, again, strike is locked out. Will there be games missed? And I know I mentioned that earlier. Kind of hard to say yes, but it's also kind of hard to say no because it's the off season. You do have the managers' meetings, which should be happening. Um, the, the lockout's kind of been forthcoming. Um, the CBA has, I believe it did expire about two years ago, and they've been kind of on a temporary CBA, especially with COVID hitting at the time of the CBA. So 
we they've been kind of makeshifting it as it's been going on so a lot of things getting there it's always going to be about money it's going to be talking about um players um so i'm just going to quote off of espn um of what what is the main sticking point in the negotiations between owners and players uh, they bring up economics players feel within the emergence of analytics within uh, front office and that fewer and fewer second and third tier players are getting paid when they finally become free agents after six years of major league service time which often uh, when a player turns 30 or very close to it and in general, players would like to be paid more at a younger age because that that's when they're in their prime. Um, system also favors keeping players in the minors for several weeks extra to slow down their major league service time. Players are not fond of that. Um, I get that. Um, but they feel that the cycle of teams rebuilding, a.k.a. tanking, re limit, is limiting payrolls. So they would like to guardrail within the system to prevent those cycles. One good thing for players, as long as there is no salary cap, the system will always pay the best of the best. So something the league likes to emphasize, owners haven't even offered a hard cap during negotiations. So if you have been following baseball, you would know that baseball has a messed up salary. They do have a, there technically is, there's no hard cap. There is definitely a limit because teams go into a luxury tax. So there is a salary cap, but it's kind of a soft cap where you like you, you can spend as much as you can and then you just pay a tax and or a punishment fee where it breaks down to other teams. So it's it is. Should a hard cap be brought into baseball? Yes, because then it gets lower marketed teams options. It does. It really, really does. And it balances out the top teams for, you know, overspending. Now, we, you can have the cap. You can still bring in a luxury tax. You know, just be like the NBA where you're still overpaying everyone and you're stuck in this situation. And the question is, what do you set the cap at? Like, you have to average it out. You have to look at everyone's payroll, what needs to be. And then with the hard cap, you have to look at, you know, options, you know, profit sharing, all the stuff where you have to affect those lower clubs. And what does the impact do here with you know, um, your, your minor league affiliations as well. Cause it's, you know, when you're, you're, when you're up in the minors, you're paying this much when you're down there, you're paying that much. So it's, you know, up and down. Well, it depends on your contract. So I should reiterate that it depends on your contract and how it works in your minor league favor. You know, some players do go down the minors for service time due to injuries or whatever, but it happens. Now I know I mentioned this term, the six years service time, um, Yes, I understand where players are coming from, from a business side. You you get more out of the players with that. And we saw it with Vladdy Guerrero, with the Jays. We saw it with other players where, you know, you don't want to give up that much time because you basically have six years of controlling that player. You you do. That's It's there. And I get players want to get paid a lot in their prime. It's now you're looking at it here. Um, you're basically trying to renegotiate the salary system where you know what a bump is and what your arbitration like that's where we are looking at it today um like looking at it here like the one thing that only comes to mind is if you adapt a salary like uh, the nba and nhl where you pay x amount of service time at a minimum and then you start bumping it up after x amount of time so 
Right now, again, it's all about money. It always has been. Uh, we've been seeing contracts this week going with money. Um, Scherzer, oh my God, with what he signed. I get players are trying to get, players are looking out for themselves. That, that's basically what it is now. The union is basically saying players are looking out for themselves. You start paying me the 30, 40 million at 23, 24, 25. That, that's basically what it is. You're paying for stuff that may not happen. And that's what that's what they want. They want the ownerships to take a gamble on you because you're in that problem. You're paying for something that hasn't happened yet, whereas most people are paying for what they have done. Mike Trout got his big contract because they know what he was capable of doing, in, what, they, what he did in the past, what he's doing in the present, and what he's going to continue to do. Because we're still seeing like Mike Trout being one of the most statistically best baseball players of all time. And on his way to becoming that baseball player. Um, again, like we we are aware that they want money. That's, that's what it's coming down to. It's all about money and them having control, not the ownerships. That's what it's looking at. Like, I get it, but you know what? Actually, Chris Bryant with the Chicago Clubs, that happened a lot as well. You know, him getting moved down and then finally taking advantage of him to help him out. So... We'll see. Um, so right now, uh, everything is halted. Can't do anything. Uh, even, uh, well, even the winter meetings that happen where teams usually use that to adapt free agency and trades, that's happening. That's been canceled at the moment. So a lot of things have been put to a halt. Um, right now, the, basically spring training is at risk of being shut down. We'll have to wait and see what's going to be happening going forward because you can't have teams there everything's done so the facilities have been locked out all that stuff has been affected so we're in a tough situation um now again i talked about the money and everything which is basically what is always being done because you know money is money and people want to get paid and you know what let's just take a look at mlb salaries going to 2022 why? Why not? So the highest paid player who's going to be paid this season, and if you look at his age, age 37, Max Scherzer, um, remember him from Washington to the Dodgers, now with the New York Mets, is going to be averaging $43 million. $6 million more than Mike Trout. Um, and then you have Anthony Redden, and then let's go down, especially with pitching. Um, that's what we need to look at here. Um, so if we're going to look at pitchers, because why not look at pitchers? Because pitchers, it's always interesting to see what's going to happen there. I'm just updating my little system here just to pull that up. So as of right now, the New York Mets have the two highest pitchers in all of baseball. Actually, New York City alone has the three highest pitchers in all of baseball with Scherzer, DeGrom, and you have Garrett Cole who plays for the Yankees. Uh, Scherzer is the only one in baseball with over 43 million. We get it, he wants the money. Um, but as we go down and down and down, you are seeing uh, the money here. We're seeing 36 million, we're seeing 35. Uh, Strasburg for Washington, 35. David Price is paying, is getting paid 32 million by the Dodgers. Sale is at 30, so which kind of is good because right now we're getting sale at uh, $10 million discounted for paying them there. Uh, Kevin Gossman, who just signed with them, uh, is getting 21. He signed a five year, $115 million deal, which is good. 
Jays top two pitchers are getting both played, paid, not played, paid, uh, twenty million plus. Uh, so let's just take a look here. I want to take a look at um, all batters for all the sellers. Listen, Mike Trout, who at the time signed the longest deal ever, first player to get signed over four hundred million. Um, so we are looking at here Trout. Just over 37, Rendon 36, uh, Arenado 35, Lindor 34. Now I'm just going to bring down here George Springer uh, for the Jays, just under 30 million. Uh, we're just going to go down because I need to look at here. Marcus Simeon, former Jay, just signed uh, with Texas, now getting paid 20 million. Oh yes, and Corey Singer, former uh, Dodger, 33 million. Now, baseball, again, I talked about it, the control, the spending and everything, it's just, it's just incredible, and especially when you're looking at pitchers. Pitchers average between, I would say, 32 to 35 starts in a season, depending on your role in the rotation from ace to the number five spot. Um, so basically, when you're looking at it here, um, you're pay basically paying your starting pitcher um, one million dollars a game for for five innings give or take depending on how you are but five innings you're, you're now you look at uh scherzer who's now probably at about maybe almost a million five now per game it's it's, it's how it is and that's the pitchers um that's 30 games technically you're getting more value out of the 30 games than you are for quarterbacks in the nfl if we, if we were to look at it here, um, let me pull up the positions here uh, because I want to take a look at here because I want to look at the quarterbacks. Let's let's take a look at the quarterback salaries. If we're looking at the AAVs, the average salary, and you know you have your base, whatever. Um, so if we're looking at here, as you know, Mahomes signed the uh, four hundred fifty million dollar deal, but contract AAV. Um, you have all, like most of them, all quarterbacks. You have Mahomes, Allen, Dak Prescott, your three, all over $40 million. And that's for 18 weeks of football, maybe like 25. So you're almost kind of similar, not really. Um, but you're basically paying them for actually games. So 45 million over 16 games. If your team's not producing, or if you're having faults or injuries, like that salary is kind of, you know, affected in that way. And, you know, you're looking at the uh, the signings and everything worth. Um, basketball, and let's. And I talked about the reference to basketball and baseball on how you know it's it's the similar system here. Um, you know, you, you can have a soft cap, but again, you have the luxury tax, which you know breaks it all down so if i were to look at the top six top six players being paid in the nba are f over 41 million dollars per season um lebron james is the one that's the sixth durant russell westbrook who's getting paid more <laughs> than lebron at 44 million john wall who's basically sitting on the bench for the rockets which is just ridiculous. At 44 million, James Harden is at the same as John Wall. At 
you have Steph Curry of Golden State getting paid a uh, hundred and you know three one point three million dollars more, give or take. Um, sorry, one point four. Sorry, uh, more than James Harden at just over uh, forty-five million per season. That's basically what we're looking at here. And you know, as we get down and down, like the, the like the Lakers, the Lakers combined have a hundred and like. 112 million dollars, 115 give or take. Um, like when you're looking at this thing, it's just incredible. 120 probably more when you add it all together between three players. Three players. That's yeah. That's how the NBA salary is, and the Lakers are in cap trouble. And as you go down, like you you see it here, just how it all impacts. And Siakam, who, you know, I love and play, it's, you know, getting paid $33 million a season, starting as of this season. So, it's, this is where we're at. That's, that's a thing, right? And NHL, if I were to pull it up, it's, which I'm going to do, um, right now the highest player uh, being paid is Connor McDavid. Now, this is based off of cap hit, so I'm just going to be taking a look at it here. Um... So I'm just going to be pulling up average salary right now, just because I want to take a look at everything here. So this is their average salary from what I'm looking at here. Because um, I have the contact details, total salary. If I were to look at total salary right now, let's see where I am. Um, yeah, Connor McDavid, if we looked at total salary, $15 million. That's that's what he is. Fifteen million. That's twenty-five million dollars, or sorry, twenty-eight million dollars less than what Scherzer is getting as the pitcher. He plays 82, 82 games, so at least fifty more games than what Scherzer is in a regular season. And then, then as it goes down and down and down, and then like the top ten uh, players um, is eleven million. So to crack the top ten, you have to be making eleven plus million. Um, and the, the the salary cap for hockey is definitely lower, which is you know tough, um, because if you're in if you're paying certain players, you're you're going to be in cap hell. That's basically what it is. You're going to be in cap struggling hell. And what makes hockey the lowest compared to you know NBA, MLB, and also NFL is, it's I don't want to say. I don't want to say anything to disrespect hockey, but when it comes to TV deals, sponsorships, everything, those three sports that I mentioned are just more watchable than hockey. I'm not. I'm not disrespect. That's like I'm trying to say that without disrespecting it, because TV deals is what's making the NBA thrive in salary cap. NFL TV deals, worldwide deals, especially for the Super Bowl, more salary cap. Um, MLB, it's America's favorite pastime, but again, you're still having people pay to watch, and you know you you have Fox News, you have ESPN covering it, uh, you have other sports as other sports stations as well covering it. With NHL, you have Rogers or Rogers Sportsnet here in Canada, and now you have TNT and ESPN covering hockey as well, but. As much as those TV deals are there, it does not impact as much. 
NBA, NFL, MLB are going to be getting billions for themselves, where the NHL is only getting like no X amount of that. So we'll see down the road um, whether that happens or impacts. It's going to be tough. It, it is. It's going to be tough when we're watching it. So it, it's all about money when it comes down to it. And um, as I'm looking here, uh, just because I'm going through contracts, and actually I'm going to be pulling up uh, Pittsburgh, because you know what, why not? Let's talk about my favorite hockey team and just talk about that cap, that salary team. Um, Kenny Malkin is making the most on that team at $9.5 Crosby is too. So you have two players that are not even in the top 20. Malkin's at like 21, 20th. So we have one player in the top 20. Sidney Crosby is not even there. So these caps, when they were, sorry, these salaries when they were signed, boom, that was there. But like I mentioned, to get into the top 10, you have to be making 11 plus million. That's where it is. So it is what it is. Um, I know with baseball and everything, cap money, and that's basically what it is. It's always going to be about money. It's basically about money control uh, between the players and the organizations. So in comparing salaries and how baseball is just just unique, even basketball is unique. Um, you know, again, uh, thirty million more. Uh, Steph Curry is is making compared to Connor McDavid, thirty million more a season. They play the same amount of games, same amount. It's it is remarkable. It is, and I remember I talked about this with women's professional hockey. It's about money. It, that's what it is. It's it's all about the Benjamins. That's how I'm going to be reading it there. So that's basically breaking it down and comparing it with salaries. It's just for NHL players to get more salaries, it's going to be a tough one. It really is. The NFL is supposed to go up with the salary cap. NBA will probably go up as well, as well as, well, we'll see what happens with the MLB and their strike. No hard cap, but we will see how this all progresses um, as this years go on with professional sports. So hopefully you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. Um, it was definitely great to talk about. Uh, just to recap, uh, picks from my, that I made for tomorrow, uh, Colts, Cardinals, Bucks, Ravens, Vikings, hopefully you go 5-0. and um, Great to see Tiger Woods back. Um, great to see him doing the interviews and the press conference and seeing where he's going to be standing um, within the next year. Hopefully we can see him on tour sooner. But for me, from what I read, even from the hero, uh, conversation today, um, as well as this press conference, it may be a while before we see him there. A, a year, minimum a year, would be expect would be expectations in my opinion. I know some people were like, no, he could be pointing at the Masters, but again, from the way he was talking, is he's hitting the balls. He can hit any club in his bag. He can play just simple golf, but when he's playing uh, tour level golf, he's it's night and day. That's where the concern is. So. We'll see. Um, and, you know, college football playoffs. We'll see how that turns out with the rankings. Those should be released in the next 24 to 48 hours. Again, I'm still going Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincy as your 1, 2, 3, and 4. And we'll see how things go with the lockout with uh, MLB this week. So it's just a matter of time with going on with the winter meetings canceled as the off season. It's... 
it's 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 going to be a while until we see what's going to be impacted in regards to the season. So again, that's it for the podcast tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back next week with a new episode, catching up on my picks, making new ones, uh, catching up on soccer, as well as talking more golf, looking into NFL, catch up on NBA and NHL, because the Suns, uh, Golden State, just being remarkable, um, just keeping up with that, just again, Lots of things happening this week, which I wanted to discuss about. And I'll be back with a top 10 as well next week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I will see you guys next week. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast.